wanna do? Wanna be ballers, shot callers, brawlers. We'll be dipping in the bins with the spoilers. On the low from the J in the Wanna rumble with the B, huh? Throw a hex on the whole family. Dressed in all black like the omen. Little Kim, I think, is rapping right there, right? I hope you're right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's all about the Benjamins by Mr. P. Diddy, then Puff Daddy. And we picked that song because a Benjamin is a $100 bill. And this is the 100th episode, give or take, of the new Flesh podcast, according to our uploads. Can this is you the 100th. believe it? Wait, no, wait. Actually, this definitely is the 100th because right, we, like, we've been if, numbering them. If we, if we fucked it up, we, adjust, we adjusted it and we dealt with it in the past. This is the 100th episode. This is definitely the 100th episode of the new Flesh podcast, a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror. This is our centennial? Is that what they call it? Yeah, because the bicentennial is uh, at the... Uh, Half of a hundred. Mm. It's a centennial pod. And it's wow. a celebration. We are very high energy. We came prepared with 100 related. So this is going to be a little bit of a, uh, of, a, of a look back. Of course not. What if it was just a clip show? Oh, my God. Remember when I said this? Cut to it. Ah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Not that. You see, it would never be a clip show because we'd have to go through and listen to the show and like pick clips. So we want you, the listeners, to find your favorite clips and clip them and send them to us. <laughs> clip them, send them to us, listen to them, enjoy them. Yeah. Maybe we'll do something with uh, them. Happy 100, Brett. Happy 100. Two years about. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we started two Octobers ago. Two wow. Halloweens ago. Seems like just with, yesterday. With an episode about Eli Roth's Green Inferno. And then I think we came back right after that with Knock Knock. Right? No, it was The Nightmare, then Knock Knock. So we did two Eli Roth movies in the first three episodes, and it was like already exhausting. It was yeah. too hard. We set ourselves up for failure. Yeah. But we find our footing, I guess. Here in Brett Arnold's beautiful bedroom apartment in Long Island City, New York City. Yes, there are sleeping cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. Not yeah. a lot going on. I tried to clean my room before Joe got here. I was like halfway through it. It looks yeah. pretty clean. It looks half clean. It's about half clean. Yeah. Uh-huh. And today we're going to be talking about Leatherface, the soon to be released, or released soon prequel it's out to. On, uh, what do you call it? Direct TV. Oh, so it is out. It is out on. Oh Direct my God! TV. Is that the same thing as Mr. Mercedes? Um, that is AT and T U verse thing. But I think they pair. Are they a thing? Are they together now? I think they. Might I don't be. know. I know. I mean, it, it all goes to some rich white guy, but <laughs> may, it's all owned by Viacom now, right? Yeah. I all, know. AOL Time Warner. All I know is you can watch this movie on one very specific cable provider right now, but it'll be in VOD and maybe in a couple theaters in about a month. Uh, but who maybe, are the two, who are the two directors? Director. Uh, I forget their names. It's the French dudes behind Inside. It's like Julien Moreau. That's right. And uh, what's the other guy's name? I don't know. Something French. Something French. Oh, Frenchy. It's, uh, what is it? Julienne Maury and Alexandre Bustillot. So we watched that. We're going to be giving you the patented New Flesh uh, wipe down. The wipe of, down? Of, of this uh, prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How many times have you gone, I wonder how Leatherface got that way? A me zero. Me zero t- as oh, well. okay. There Definitely you go. Definitely zero. And the, and, the, and the origin they came up with is such like a half idea. It's not even it's not even like a good origin. You can already assume it's, o- it's almost an afterthought in its own movie. You can almost assume uh, our thoughts on this movie. Yeah, well, I was really excited about it too. Dude, we were stoked about it. Those directors have uh, are, they keep letting me down with each, each Are we still stoked? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't they really, then they also do that movie that like started off good, but then, We watched it a few weeks ago or a month ago. It was, was Among it the Living. Yeah. That that 
that was a uh, half good half uh. yeah and but, inside is just amazing livid is not great uh they they peaked early Maybe, maybe the fight on the foot in America. Um, also, in the what did you watch? Brett is going to run us down. Friend request. Yeah, so I told Joe to see friend request. Now that Joe has a movie pass, I just wanted to abuse him and make him see this movie. But then I saw it. Yeah, and I kind of liked it. Really? And so I, we're going to talk I, about it. I'll spoil the shot of it. I know there's a couple listeners. Uh, I'm talking to you, Justin, who like to have things spoiled for them. So and I'll, I of course I'll give a spoiler warning. And I of course did not uh, see it. I have very good excuses. If you want to hear him, I'll tell you. If not, we'll keep moving on. I don't really care. Okay, well, I just didn't see it. But I will be... See, here's how I will be... Did you get your MoviePass refund? No. Did you try? Yes. Did you try since they emailed you again? Yes. I first tried on the app. Fucking MoviePass. We'll get into this already. I tried on the app. (laughs) Nothing. I was even like, hey, what's going on with this? No chat. Then I did the the email. email, But since they've reached out and said, And they created a ticket, and I keep checking the link to the ticket, and it's still active. No, it's been like a... a, That's weird. It was a response of like, yeah, we have someone looking into it, and here we are still. So interesting, because this... Since they... uh, I think it was a week or two. Whenever I texted you saying, hey, try your refund again... That day, they emailed me saying, hello, we had like a recent influx of a million of these. Like We can't get to all of them, so please submit it again. So I did. Yeah. Within an hour, I had my email. They emailed me back saying, here's your refund for both tickets. I and what did they do? They send you like a link to like money or they just refund the card? No, they the, just they put it back card. on your card. So okay. you just have to maybe email them one more time because they, they sent me that email three more times that week. The card you used to pay for your movie pass. Right. Now Don't I'm, credit that. Now I'm that out, I didn't use that card to buy the movie pass ticket. Doesn't matter. Okay, good. No, fuck so it. I don't, I don't, talk, just, I don't talk about movie pass. Like you talk, have a t- you have the picture of your ticket. You, yes. Yeah. So you're fine. You'll get your money. I don't talk about movie pass. I'm talking like a chick I, I used to date or something. She's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what she's up hey, to. I don't want to talk for about me. it. Yeah. I just want. I'm sure. To, I'm sure you're happy with. I her. heavily I invested in the stock that I yeah. uh, partnered with them this week. What? Yeah. It, oh, really? Dude. So there's this company. It's called HMNY. It's some yeah. analytics firm that they're one like doing the data for them. Yes. And that stock it went from three dollars. So you invest in the analytics company. Yeah. And. In uh, I made a grand on like Friday. I feel like it'll go away soon. I think uh, it's projected to reach like twenty one dollars. So like I might make a lot of money on this. So everyone wow. sign up for Movie Pass, just for me. Great. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so when we talk about friend requests, and we'll stop looking at these cats. Look at I know them. Brett's cats are fucking huge. They're We're huge, also going to talk cute. about. Uh, oh, I watched. Finally saw. What's that movie? Within the night. They come at night. They come at night. Oh, you watch Joel Trey Edward Schultz. No, who's the guy with the main guy? Oh, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, Joel Edgerton. And I watched the new Netflix non-horror series, but fantasy horror-esque. Actually, yeah, horror because it's about like exorcism and demons. The animated series known as Neo Yoki. Neo Yokio? Neo Yokio, I think. Neo Yokio, I believe is what it's called, mm. from Vampire Weekend frontman Ezra Koenig. Ezra Koenig. And we'll be talking about that. The um, other guy from Vampire Weekend just dropped a solo album, Rostam. I don't know. It's very good. He's playing at Williamsburg, Music Hall of Williamsburg on Wednesday. Of course he is. I think I gotta go. Um, and yeah, then we'll get plenty of horror movie news, including a potentially uh, gun-jumping article about its box office gross. Uh, Brett, my man Brett's gonna throw some cold water on that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so 100 episodes. How's it feel? Um, I feel tired mostly. Yeah. It's very exhausting. Might be your diet. <laughs> it's not a good one. Huh? I've been eating out all weekend. I just came back from brunch. I had chicken and waffles. I want to die. It was so good. But Where at? This place called Jackson's down the street. Cool. It's great. How was your week? You were in Chicago. That's right. I went to Chicago to see Riot Fest 2017. Again. Yeah, it was awesome. Saw Nine Inch Nails. 
Dude, men. I, never sleeping on Nine Inch Nails again. No matter oh, where I am, best. I'm seeing them live. So good. So much Queens fun. of Stone Age. A lot Age. of fog. Yeah, a lot of fog, a lot of bright lights. Yeah. A lot of computery stuff. Uh, <laughs> also saw Queens of Stone Age. They rocked. They kick ass. But, uh, the album's great. Without like laboring about. over too much, I'll say I saw Dinosaur Jr., and I saw who else I like. I liked at the drive-in. I liked I liked uh, Death from Above, nineteen seventy-nine. They dropped nineteen seventy-nine. They're just Death from Above now. No, I'm gonna stick with the seventy-nine. Cool. O- old uh, DFA heads call them uh, not Death from Above, nineteen seventy-nine. The true fans. Seventy-nine heads. Uh, see where my seventy-nine heads at, and a bunch of other bands. Fishbone was really good. Uh, Andrew WK was really good. Totally skipped Jawbreaker because that shit is trash. Mm. Um, but overall, it was really good. Nice to be back in the shy. Nice to drink a lot of delicious Chicago beers and eat a lot of giant Chicago food and gain weight. And then uh, waddle my way back to New York City to resume my life. Waddle. Uh, How did last cool. week's episode go? It was great. I had on uh, some film writers. I had Esther Zuckerman on, who's never been on the show. I mm-hmm. had Emma Stefanski, Stefanski on, who's never been on the show. And then I had Jordan Hoffman, who's never been on the show, called in, did a voicemail. And Charles Bermezko with a voicemail because that the mother, as you'll see when you see it, it's not. I don't. I, I, I think it's very unsubtle. I think it, it's very on the nose what it's about. But there's also a million different readings you can take from it. So we got like a taste of all of them. Mm. Uh, I think it's a very good episode. I think you'll. How did, enjoy the, it. how did the critics fare? They like it, hate it. Uh, it's split. It's very divisive. Wow. It's very like if you like it, you really like it, mm-hmm. and if you hate it, you think it's like garbage i might go see it this week and because um, my wife is going to be out of town and for a good week. time yeah gotta i gotta see, see that too time. uh so i kind of got it she was really wants to see mother but i might just go see it and see it again with her i saw it twice and i yeah. didn't regret it okay yeah so do you feel like on second viewing it's like ah i'm even getting more yeah i liked i liked it just as much if not more the second time great all right i'm gonna see it this week uh what else did i do this week i after seeing mother twice i went i spontaneously uh, found tickets like an hour before the show, and I went to see Paul McCartney on Tuesday. Oh yeah, how's old Angela Barclays. Lansbury doing? <laughs> he looks just like her. He does look like Angela yeah. Lansbury. Uh, Murder, he wrote the set. There was you great. go. Was it good? Um, it was did really he, good. Did, let me ask you a question. Did he play? Maybe I'm amazed. Yeah. Hang on. What about Hey Jude? He did. Stop! 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 <laughs> stop! Stop! Baby, you can drive my car. No. Wow, really? Right. Uh, when did he drop? Yesterday, uh, first song of the encore. <laughs> I thought your first song he opened with yesterday. I was like, "Wow, this he is weird." Opened with "Hard Day's Night." Wow, really? Yeah, it's like ninety percent Beatles, a few Wings, uh, maybe. What else did he have? Like a solo, just non-Wing solo career. I think there was a couple of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ram is not a uh, is not yeah. a, a Wings album. Yo, for a, how old is he? Seventy-one or something? Yeah, he. First of all, the set was straight up two and a half hours yeah, before dude. an encore. He fucking wails. He just wails. And it's half of that is because he stops in between songs to tell stories because he's Paul McCartney and he has stories about every artist in the world. Yeah. It's like they like do like a Hendrix riff for a minute yeah. and then just so he could stop and be like, so I uh, was hanging out with Jimi Hendrix sure and are. tells a story. Yeah. Um, it was really fun. I sat in the, um, I paid like 50 bucks for like a $125 ticket. On was the show Pop. sold out? Yeah, it was sold out. It was multi. He did, I think, two at MSG, two at Barclays, one in Jersey. It was all Jesus. over the place. Jesus. Uh, and we were in. Ticks. I was joking from the moment I got there how dangerous the section of the seats we were in. Why? Nosebleeds, but like almost straight vertical. Yeah. Very like if you were to fall behind, like just fall. Yeah. You'd, you'd fall all the uh, way. Uh, I don't know what it's called now, but when it was called Comiskey Park. 
Yeah, the new U.S. cellular. Nope, U.S. cellular field. Now it's guaranteed, guaranteed rates. Rate. Field disgusting. Yeah. How embarrassing. <laughs> that okay. one is totally like that. I find United Center is really like that. Okay. Holy shit, dude! United Center, very terrifying. So Paul. During the set, like when he was doing the crowd work, he was like, how are the people in the dangerous seats? And I was like, wait, that's a thing. So I go home and I Google it. Four days before uh, the show, someone, or I think maybe it's class action, they're getting sued by people who, multiple people who've had incidents there where uh, one of them was like a, a, a drunk man fell on a boy at a wrestling thing. Yeah. Just like nobody fell off the balcony, but they tumbled down. No one's fallen off and died, but like, yeah, once if you fall a little, you're gonna fall a lot and like fuck with people in front of you. It's just like very vertical. You also feel like if you're standing maybe like uh, six rows up, if you took like a wide step forward, you could probably step off. Yeah. And go over all six rows Yo, of seats. It was fall. horrifying. For it was a minute we're like, you know, we're all like smoking dope up there and it's like, oh, this is very scary. Man, it was really dangerous. Quick side note, I was drunk and stoned. <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone was. I know. The lady next to us was, was like 90. Really, was everyone really had, getting high at a no, Paul No, it was mostly concert? me. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone was smoking weed. Well, I mean, I was. <laughs> <laughs> me and my friend yeah. who I brought with me. Um, Paul McCartney, I don't know, like smoking weed with No, it was Paul just... It was, it's always weird to me when people don't stand at shows. But of course, this, I expected it. But the whole place just sat patiently. Uh, also, on the floor, even. Like, you know how there's supposed to be, like, a general admission GA, you're yeah. standing? That was there, but they brought out folding chairs. Yeah, because so like, old. I think people up there were standing, at least. People, st- No one's going to stand for three hours. Yeah, so I did that. I forget what I did Wednesday, but Thursday, one of my favorite bands, Murder by Death, uh-huh. I'm wearing the shirt. It's a cool shirt. Um, thank you. They play the Stanley Hotel every year, so that's why they have all this shining stuff. Gotcha. Um, but they played on a boat, like a boat that wasn't just docked. Like I've seen a show on a boat that didn't move before, but this was a, it was called the Liberty Bell. You, you grabbed it and it was Pier 36 uh, by the water on the Hudson. And it was a three from eight to 11. You just are out on the water and we like circled the. You did do this. I did this on Thursday. Yeah. We circled the Statue of Liberty. I've never been that close to it. It was really cool. Cool. Um, just an amazing thing to do. Uh, I was worried for the first hour. I was just going to puke everywhere. Like once it started rocking, yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, so like the, the music's in the bottom part of it, like in like a little room. It kind of was too cramped. And like, I was kind of worried that it was, uh, I was going to miss the show. But then you, I went up on the dock and they have speakers set up where it sounds almost better up there than it does down there. Nice. So I, just, I didn't even like see them. I just like was sitting on Heard the it. dock looking at the beautiful city, listening to my, one of my favorite bands. They played, a, they played, Two sets. It was a 35-song show, like with the best show I've ever seen or yeah, ever like cool heard thing. by them. Uh, it was did great. T- did a ticket include drinks? No, but the drinks weren't that expensive. They had food and drinks on board, cash bar. It was really cool. I would totally recommend doing that. Uh, except, I mean, it was kind of scary for a minute. Like, people probably puked. Yeah. But mm. it was really fun. Met some cool people. Uh, I mean, once you hit hour two and a half, you're like, Get me, get me back home. Not to change the subject, but what's the thing we're doing Wednesday? We're gonna like, tell people the cool thing we're gonna. Uh, now let's talk about horror-related stuff before we get yeah. into the uh, the bits and pieces. What so was, my uh, friend Tommy reviewed this haunted house experience. The thing that I actually linked you to before we even he even did that. Yeah, it's called This Is Real. They actually say up front it's not a haunted house. It's more like a interactive play. Seems like a horror thing. experience. It's a horror experience. The idea is. We're in a place. It's like an escape room sort of thing. We're like, we're in a place. There's a, something called the Psycho Clan trying to murder us. Yeah. And we have to apparently pair up with all these people that are going to also be there. There's like six other people. Cool. And we have to get out of it. 
and survive. And you have three lives. Do you have to talk to them or can I just like run in a direction? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. I'm it looks very, pretty cool. Yeah, the I'm demo. Scared. The video looks really fun. I don't think I've ever done a real haunted house. The more I think about it, I'm like, I love horror and stuff. But in my hometown, there was like the haunted house on Halloween was the locker room of the pool was turned into it. Cool. Oakton pool. Hey. So that's about as, cool. that's about as far as it goes. We also stole a severed arm from that. It's in my basement still at home. Great. Uh, yeah, so we're doing that Wednesday. We'll talk about it nec- in the next pod. If we survive. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that, that, that'll be fun. I, I've yet to do an escape room. I've been to a couple of plays as like immersive where you walk around and stuff. Nothing where I'd like run for my we life. We have to put on like jumpsuits. Great. And one of the details of Tommy's was that his was damp. <laughs> Why was it damp? I don't know. Like they made it damp or the person who wore it before was sweating so much? Who knows? That's the mystery. Fuck that, dude. <laughs> I'm right now. I'm like, I'm not putting this fucking dump ja- jumpsuit on. That is so funny. Where is it? It's in Red Hook. Brooklyn. It's at seven? It's seven. Are we going to get there in time? Uh, plan accordingly. Let's do it. God damn it. Now I'm going to have to fucking haul my ass out of there. Yeah, I'm going to try to get out of there as soon as can. Just go over there. Cool. Over there. I'm nervous. I'm genuinely nervous about it. What, what's gonna, I mean, if anything, you can just be like, they touch me again, I'm going to fucking crack you in the mouth. <laughs> I probably signed something that says, yeah, like, like, if I like, do like, that, they owe them a bunch of money. Yeah, I was like, you're an actor. All right, <laughs> step back. Is this is this going on your resume? Yeah, that guy with the guy with the screaming. Like, get the fuck out! Sometimes I'm in haunted houses. I'll be going through and I get this. Be like, yeah, yelling someone's face and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, I'm getting into it, and some guys like, in your face. You just put your hand up. Be like, yeah, I, you're like don't. You're not better than me, pal. <laughs> this is beneath me. Yeah, he's like, you work here, all right? Don't 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 go. Overboard. How are the benefits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't take the bus here, loser. What are you doing? I don't know. Things are opening. Okay, so you want to get into the bits and pieces? Okay. At the bits and pieces. Give me with the first bit and piece. First bit and piece. We keep hyping up this new Chucky movie. Well, I, yeah, we. Yeah, I <laughs> am excited about it. It's called Cult of Chucky. And we knew already that it was coming out in October, but new piece of information. It's going to be direct. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> They're shelving it forever. <laughs> Breaking news? No. Uh, so it is going to be on Netflix right away. Nice. So you can watch it. Oh, and Gerald's Games this Friday. Is that right? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. This Friday is the 29th. Is the 29th. That's correct. I'm going to get so high on Gerald's Game. i get so fucking high on Gerald. I'm going to smoke the shit out of that fucking movie. Wow. Anyway. Joe, avid smoker. Uh, Cult of Chucky, Netflix, October 3rd. Um, so last week we announced this, which I think you would have scoffed at, that Me? Laurie Strode is returning to Halloween. I did scoff at that. I fucking was, was go- going off on uh, your um, on the uh, text because like, you're like, can you believe she's back? She was back. She was in the age 20. And she and was the movie in, sucked. And she was in the one where she died at the very beginning, remember? The really dumb one, The Resurrection. I don't remember, but yeah. They, he kills right. her the opening scene and they make out with each other. She's been she's been in she's come back several times. So several Joe is not impressed. And why, what's to be impressed well, about? I'm just By conf- the way, quick side note, Jamie Lee Curtis, it's a little bit of like right place at the right time with the whole she's the scream queen queen. She's a fine actress and she looks pretty good for her age. But the point is like when she got that part, it was like she's kind of like the only person who'd do it. You know what I mean? She didn't come up with the idea for Laurie Strode to fight back. John Carpenter did. You know what I mean? But she's like been riding this like I'm the scream queen She fucking hero. hates it. I thought she hated that. Yeah, she hated it until she started getting checks. Now something's like, yeah, now something's like, yeah, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah, she also has like this really, she's got a bit of an attitude about it. So anyway, the whole Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, revisionist history of how important Halloween was. By the way, her mom is fucking Janet Lee. Mm-hmm. Like she can, like, 
Hi, uh, my mom was uh, murdered in the uh, the most famous murder scene in the most famous horror movie. Of course, she can be in any horror movie she wants. And also, Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie Prom Night or Prom Date that came out prom like night. right like around the same year. There's like some fucking pile of horse shit like by the numbers horror movie. So, uh, Jamie Lee J- JLC, you're not so special. Anyway, Joe's not impressed. No. Well, I wanted to annoy you again mm-hmm. because Linda Hamilton is returning to the Terminator this franchise. This just in, Linda, ha- Linda Hamilton wants to redo her kitchen. <laughs> Give me a fucking break with this. Yeah, I don't care about this at all. The last one was, I thought it was better than the one other reboot they did with Christian Bale. But like, this franchise is so limp it's a joke. and dead. It's, a show, it's such a joke. And with the, the, the problem with, the most infuriating thing about how bad Terminators are. So the first one's great. The second one is like fun. Like the way like, I don't know. Basically, you could look at Terminator and Terminator Two the same way you look at Alien and Aliens, you know. Okay. But I see. In, in both instances, the second ones is like this is a cool action movie. And right. It's got some good one-liners, but you're also like they're not like great. They're just like oh yeah, this blockbuster thing. My point is this: the franchises are fucking garbage. You know what I'm really irritated with, especially the way the world has gone now. That don't you think the Terminator franchise could fucking knock it out of the park with a movie about how machines eventually take over and destroy mankind? We're so genuinely terrified of that nowadays, more than we ever been with artificial yeah, but intelligence. Instead, they're vehicles for like Arnold Schwarzenegger to return. Yeah, just and, like, like oh, no one, he's not a star anymore. It's, like, no why one cares. Do, it's also like, why is the robot shaped like a person if they're so vastly intelligent? Why wouldn't they make a more apt killing machine than a thing that looks like? But whatever. Uh, it's just yeah, it don't, like the the story has never really been that that anything more than uh the military defense system became self-aware and, and launched a bunch of nukes you know what i mean they've never made me like actually afraid of that happening i've always been like this is stupid yeah, there should be like a horror twist on that more so i mean this one I one of the one that. that's just make it tesla and google we'd be like holy shit <laughs> right I, I just feel that they've really dropped the ball considering like how much closer how much more information we have about it they have so much more to work with and they like willfully don't yeah, and this one, well, James Cameron is back as, like, producer, which means nothing. Yeah, which means they'll visit his office once a week. He'll look yeah. at some dailies and tell him what they're doing wrong. And directing it is Tim Miller, hmm. who directed Deadpool, which hmm. is awful. So, I don't care. Ar- know, arms I'll, up. I mean, much like how we've gotten to remake fatigue, we're also getting reboot fatigue. It's uh, These things, people don't seem to be trying very hard. Well, again, like, the last Terminator was supposed to be the start of a trilogy and it bombed so bad that they abandoned it and well, now they're saying sam they're doing it again sam worthington was that the guy who was leading it um is that, uh, is that right? the other way around i think that's correct uh, no it was jason clark jai courtney the chick from game of thrones was in it amelia clark what, what was it called terminator what genesis oh and arnold schwarzenegger's in it right and remember sam it, worthington was in the christian bale one was he yeah that makes sense yeah um wasn't aware that sam worthington was like in every blockbuster movie for like, for, a minute. for like two years, and then they all kind of bombed and disappeared. Same with yeah. Taylor, was it Taylor Lautner? Taylor Lautner, yeah. He was in like uh, the Twilight things, and then he kind of died. No, no, the, the, the Taylor Kitchener, the guy oh, from Oh, Taylor Kitch. Life. He was John the same Carter one. guy. Yeah. yeah, John Carter and Titanic. Not Titanic, excuse me, Battleship. Battleship. Wrong yeah. boat that sinks. Wrong boat. And then he was also in an Oliver Stone movie, and just, everyone was like. But Terminator Genesis, $155 million movie, made. Under ninety million in America, it bombed. Yeah, but it did internationally. It made three hundred fifty k or a million. So it's at four forty total. So it's it's profitable. So they're gonna figure out how to do it again. But the fact that would it kill them just to release it overseas? Just just why do like it here? Save the money. Yeah, why do it here? I mean, 
I think that they're trying to do now is say, well, we have, we know it'll be fine internationally. Let's try and reboot it again for Americans to see if they can get them back. Oh, uh, good luck. That's what I say. Oh, um, so I know we were talking about after it, we're probably going to see a lot of Andy uh, Muschietti, right? Stephen King stuff, right? Muschietti. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think we're going to start seeing more Stephen well, King? Well, it was already a ton, but yes. Yeah. Um. So he, Andy Muschietti, director of it, told a magazine or newspaper. We're huge fans of Pet Cemetery. If we can get our hands on that and do the Pet Cemetery we want to do, that will be something. I recall when we had uh, Randy Randall Colbert, Colburn on the show, I had asked him his favorite Stephen King book, and he said Pet Cemetery is his favorite book. Yeah. Right? It's supposed to be the book's supposed to be like really good. And I think the movie's pretty good. My affection for Pet Cemetery will go on until I die, he said. I will always dream about the possibility of making a movie. We'll see who gets to it first. But it's the first Stephen King book that we read, and it's something that... Uh, has been a great love because it's possibly King's most personal book. Yeah. You can imagine his young family. What will you do to be able to keep your family? How far would you go? I really hope we can do it. But if we do it, we have to do it justice like we did with It. Yeah. The versions we read in the past years, the scripts we've read, have not been, in our opinion, representative of the book. Was Mach- did Machete write It, the, the It remake? The, 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 um, the no, Muschietti. Well, it the draft that I ha- I actually ha- I sent you the old yeah draft, I didn't right? read it. So I have the Fukunaga draft, but this one was written by uh, Chase Palmer. Mm. Uh, what, what has Chase Palmer done? Nothing really. This is kind of like his first thing. Shout out to Chase. Cool, but yeah, he wrote it with they they credited Fukunaga, but I don't know how much of a script uh, remained. I haven't read it yet. Also, Gary Doberman is on it. Um, and he has done a lot of, he wrote Annabelle, the first one. Yikes. Mm. Um, did he write Annabelle too? Yeah, he did. Good for you. You redeemed yourself. Well, I'll say just right now that Pet Cemetery is almost perfect to be remade and be awesome. Yeah, it's in that I agree. Venn diagram of like excellent story, uh, probably very cinematic in the way that it's like the story and everything. And also the original is fine. I like yeah. that movie. Ju- I mean, I, that the movie was. I, I thought it was underwhelming. You know? Yeah, but the story is amazing. I think we would. De- I would definitely love a Pet Cemetery reboot or remake. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed that uh, that it gets made and, and Muschietti's in the mix. Muschietti nope. in the mix. Oh, yeah, man. I don't. I'm I think so stoked he, for uh, Gerald's game. He did a good job with he, it. I yeah. mean, so I'm excited about it. And Gerald's game is. Um, it's Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah. Old, old Flanny. So Joe texted me and other people or everyone's posting this article about how it is now the highest grossing horror movie ever in theaters in right. Um, And this claim, while it probably will be 100 percent true soon, it's not quite yet. The record that everyone is citing is that it's it's bigger than Exorcist, which is was thought of as the biggest horror movie. Uh, Side note, people who say that. Uh, are a like Joe and believe Jaws is not a horror movie. Correct. Because Jaws has Jaws uh, made. Well, actually, now after this weekend, it has now beaten Jaws. Uh, it is at two sixty six, and Jaws made two sixty. Again, if you adjust for inflation, that doesn't hold up. But we're not doing that. But uh, another one that I think is indisputable that it's a horror movie is The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense made two hundred ninety three million domestic. So I think it will get there. It definitely will. Certainly. But for now, I'd say Sixth Sense is still the number one grossing domestic horror movie ever. Mm. And if you adjust for inflation, I think Jaws is would be 1.1 billion in today's dollars. Really? 
Sixth Sense would be about 511 million and mm-hmm. Exorcist would be just under a billion. So, I mean, it's not the, it's not it, the most profitable. I think people I just like didn't bother to look it up because yeah, but people there's see a story there. One person writes it and then everyone just aggregates yeah. it. Uh, so Nicholas Winding Refn was apparently producing a remake of Maniac Cop, which I didn't know about. Mm. But Larry Cohen, who wrote the original movie, uh, told someone recently, as far as I know, that's not happening anymore. And if it is, they might be trying to keep it a secret because they'd owe me $250,000, <laughs> which is funny. That's so funny. Uh, John Himes, who directed... Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. Woof, woof, what? Yeah, I don't know. He was supposed to direct a script by Winding Rain or Reffin and Ed Brubaker, who wrote uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. And Cohen went on to elaborate while also throwing a nasty jab at Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker wrote the script, and I've read the script, and it's not very good. Ed Brubaker is a very good writer of comic books, I think, but if he's written a good script for a movie, I haven't read it. So it's fun to see Cohen just ripping this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did he say? Cohen also told the site he did some revision work on Brubaker's draft. I wrote six new scenes for the picture based on what I read, and had I written the whole script, the movie would probably be happening, as the script would be good. <laughs> I wrote three films for Bill Lustig, though we changed, though he, though they changed a lot of Maniac Cop three, and Bill got fired from it. And I would have written the fourth movie had they asked, but they didn't, and now it's getting made. He just seems pissed. I think this is funny. What other quotes does he have? Um, it's not, he said the Brubaker script is a lot like that Bob Hoskins movie, Mona Lisa, where he's driving prostitutes around and then waiting out in the car while they do their business in hotels with the Johns. It's a direct lift from that and then turns into a new maniac cop. As far as I know, he was the only one trying to get the money raised to make the picture and he didn't get it. So now it's not happening. If it is, I'd like to be paid or I'm going to call my lawyer and it's getting shut down. That's so funny. Yeah, that was funny. I love that. Um, this doesn't matter. I was just looking at a list of other movies that got F's on Cinema Score. Oh, good. Besides was... Mother, um, this is insane. Like, how this movie got an F? I've explained last week how Cinema Score works. Do you know? No, it's I don't basically think I didn't. just sorry, for listeners, if you listened to this last week. But it's, of course not. It's, I wasn't on it's it. It's only opening night, it, like open, like Friday night. That's the only time they do it. Because they the thinking is those are the people who the movie like they think will be for them, so it's <laughs> basically just a test. The question of movie of Cinema Score asked the question it asks is did this movie work for its target audience or did the target audience find the movie? So with Mother, uh, this is one of the cases where they marketed it as this very vague horror thing, and then they people showed up and it's just like very art house intellectual not horror movie so that's why it got an f because people expectations so the, so were not in line so with the what cinema it was. score is more basing how effective the marketing campaign was yes that's exactly what it is that's disgusting what the fuck is it they gotta do with it's the movie? for it's for movie studios the only reason it exists is because that data movie studios like and they use it for whatever what a waste what a waste of everything what a waste yeah. of people's time of data who gives a shit that doesn't, so, that doesn't benefit anyone. Another movie, another other horror movies with Fs. Go. Uh, 2012, The Devil Inside. Did you see that movie? I don't think so. It's a found footage exorcist movie. It was okay, but the ending pissed people off. What? It was all a dream? It cut to black and yeah. it said, go to this website to watch the end of this movie. What? <laughs> I never heard that. It's true. How was the ending? Um, I don't remember. I don't think I even cared to watch it after that. The movie was it just pissed. People I never off. heard it. That's 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 pretty. It's pretty ballsy. But it had a really. That's one of those movies that had a really good marketing campaign and it grossed a thirty-five million dollar opening weekend. It was like did very well. Yeah. But everyone was pissed. The above is an actual clip. You can watch it on YouTube. No, I don't, I don't know. That's so it. funny. Another one is uh, I know who killed me. 
that Lindsay Lohan movie. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it was just like a notorious production for her and like took yeah, forever. I mean, it's just like she was in it and that's when everyone was like, we all hate this person. Another one, hmm. Alone in the Dark, the Uwe Bowl. Of course. Based I mean, on a video game movie. Of course movie. that flopped. Stars Christian Slater and Tara Reid as a scientist. Uh-huh. And then Neil LeBute's uh, Wicker Man remake with Nicolas Cage. I, yeah, I remember that. I remember not knowing about this movie until it was on video and everyone was talking about how bad it was. I don't think, I wonder if they did any advertising for that movie. Oh, I'm sure it was bare. I never saw a trailer. It was just like one day, it's like there's this insane Nicolas Cage movie. One of the best, one of my favorite horror movies ever is the original um, Wicker Man. Oh, it's very if good. Peter O'Toole, is he the one who's in it? Who's the lead in that? The lead in that movie is Ed Woodward, right? No. Yeah, it's Ed, someone Chris, known. Christopher Lee's in it. Christopher, yeah, Christopher Lee. That's who I was yeah. thinking of then. Um, yeah, it's great. Amazing movie. I saw it on 35mm once, and it was beautiful. That's good, and that was around the same time that uh, invasion, the, the 70s Invasion of the Body Snatchers came out, right, with... Uh, with Donald Sutherland? Yes. It kind of has the same like vibe. This is the way it's like, well, shot uh, and comes Wait, out. that was way earlier than 2006. You were talking about Wicker Man. Talking about the original Wicker Man. 73? Mm-hmm. Oh. Was that? How long was that? When did the, origi- when did the Wicker Man you like come out? 73. And when did uh, Invasion of Biostash come out? 76? It's got Leonard Nimoy in it. It's weird because he like, isn't Spock. 78. Okay, well, you know, same decade. That fucking picture from that movie is so yeah, iconic. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, such a good ending. Uh, another one, another one I was going to bring up later when I talked about friend request. Fear.com, Stephen Dorff, who's also in Leatherface. I know, I remember uh, that was uh, f- available for rent when I worked at Blockbuster. Uh, we threw it on one night and I instantly started ignoring it while I was working. It's like, pretty bad. Yeah. I saw it. It was one of those things that was like, 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 there's a website. And someone's like, if you go there, it'll kill yeah. you. I think, so. I think there's, a, there's even a scene there being like, someone's like, What's a website? Yeah, it was 2002. You, you go to this place <laughs> online and it's a dot com and you can visit this place and send it blah, 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 with an email. Email? That's an electronic mail. Like where they just, like part, part of the story hinges on people not knowing what websites are. Yeah, it was a very much like J-horror American movie. I remember, vivid, I don't know why I have, all my memories are tied to where I saw movies. So I remember seeing that movie at the streets of Woodfield Mall. Nice. Next to Gameworks. Yo, there's also that, uh, um, big bull that's in the parking lot by there. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, the new M Night Shyamalan movie, that's a sequel to both Unbreakable and Split, is shooting next month. Let me ask you a question real quick. Now Split's available for. I'm gonna throw this out to my man Brett, and I'm gonna throw it to the rest of you in podcast land. So I know how Split ends. Brett explains. Still to haven't me. seen it. Still haven't seen it. You should watch it. Should I say it? Yeah. Hey, man, I know. I know. I know how it ends. People really liked it. I might be a stick in the mud. Maybe you'll like it. Okay. It's worth watching. Yeah, I do want to see. Right now, I I, I almost had like a decision uh, paralysis because last night I almost watched either Alien Covenant or Split, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted to rent. So I just watched something crappy on Shutter for free. <laughs> you should watch both of those. I'm curious your thoughts. I actually want to buy Covenant or rent the Blu-ray somehow. Of course you do. I want to listen to the commentary because Ridley Scott's commentaries on these movies have been really funny. Oh, riddles. Old riddles. The Riddler, Scott. So yeah, I just wanted to say that Glass is shooting. It's called Glass. Mm. And Spencer Treat Clark is back as Joseph Dunn, the son of Bruce Willis's character. Oh, okay. And Charlene Woodard is back as Elijah Price's mother. So it's everyone's back. Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, dude from Split, McAvoy. So it's it'll be interesting. Definitely. And the girl from Split's in it, apparently. Yeah, why not? 
Get the whole game. And that Shyamalan is kind of back. He's eased his way back. He have like a big hit. He's but back. Well, he's he's back making money. First of he's all, he's making a lot of money. With for the a visit. Lot of what did he do before? No, he did, the visit was his first horror comeback. Was it visit then split or is there another visit one? Visit then split. Yeah. So right, he's making dough. So as long as as long as he keeps making that green, making that dough. All right, next one. Uh, there's a horror movie called Found Footage 3D that's been playing festivals that people say is good. What? Yeah, I don't know. It is premiering on Netflix. Tell um, me it's not a found footage film. I think it is. It, well, yeah, I think it's a found footage film, but it's going to actually, it's going to Shudder, excuse me, which is weird because it's like one of those movies where, well, do I, it's a 3D, it has 3D in the title, but it's not going to be 3D when you watch it at home. So it's called found footage. It's, ca- it's still called found footage 3D. <laughs> Very right. confusing. Uh, what else? And Amityville, The Awakening, which has been delayed maybe seven or eight times, is now uh, set again. Wow, the film will debut exclusively for free on Google Play on October 12th. Oh, cool. And then will be released in select theaters on October 28th. So this movie's been lingering forever, but it has a good, like Jennifer Jason Lee's in it, which I, th- I think she's a great actress, and Bella Thorne, who I don't know who she is, but she tweets a lot. Um, the plot of, of Amityville, The Awakening is... Belle, her little sister, and her comatose twin brother move into a new house with their single mother, Joan, in order to save money to help pay for her brother's expensive health care. Commentary. But when strange phenomena begin to occur in the house, including the miraculous recovery of her brother, Belle begins to suspect her mother isn't telling her everything and soon realizes they've moved into the infamous Amityville house. So it seems like it seems like people know it's like self-aware, like they know that they're in the Amityville house. The stills from this movie all look really goofy. It's been delayed for years, so we'll see. See how that is. I'm very curious. It's it's a Blumhouse production too. Okay. Well, I'm a little more interested in it. But oh. Google Play. Well, here's I should say this. So Google Play did something. I didn't watch it, but for a while there, I noticed when I go into Google Play, they were advertising for free this Pete Dinkage movie. I don't know what it was a drama that he was in. It just didn't look like anything I wanted to watch. It was like a real movie. Okay. Like, it looked like a studio picture that, I mean, hey, who's got the most dough? Google. So it's, I think that they're playing with buying movies and just putting it on play to get people to come to get more used to watching things on play. Okay. I didn't want, but sounds good to me. I got Google Play. I mean, everyone has Google Play. As opposed to needing AT and T, I don't think I've ever watched anything on it. But I know oh, really? I have it. That's my number one way that I rent movies online. What do you do? Hmm. What do you use? Amazon? Uh, Amazon, yeah. I got, I got that too. So uh, with the Roku, like I can have all those as channels. So great. I'll definitely watch it. When is that? October 13th? No, October, not that. October 12th. It'll just be on there apparently. Okay. So that's cool. They Remind me of that on the 12th. For free. Um, we also, I shared this article with you this week. It's by Sunny Bunch. It's an opinion article for WAPO. And it just, it oh just my spoke God. my truth. Oh, finally. It was very nice to read. Yeah, you We've sent me this. We've complained on here about... Uh, we read that article about how studios are blaming Rotten Tomatoes for uh, ticket sales dropping. Right. And this article posits that, hey, maybe it's the fact that movie theaters fucking suck. Yes. Yeah. I love this person who he even said in there, he's like, I would not go to the movies if it wasn't my job to to write about movies. Yeah, because it's a horrible experience almost every it's time. A hor- what he said in there, wait, it's a guy, right? Wasn't it yeah. Sonny? Sonny. He had said something that's so true. He's like, I'm sitting in the theater. The screen is too dark because they don't take the filter off the thing for 3D. Yeah. So so screens, more than half the time, the vision like, the is too bad. dark. Yeah, it it's, looks terrible. It's, it's where you can't even like make out what's happening. So bad so that he was saying this. And I've noticed this too, that they must have turned up the brightness on those lights that are on the floor to kind of track where you're going. Yeah, I hate I'm that. always like, man, that's too bright. Like, I, I always, I, I wear a hat and I yeah. position my hat so it blocks that, yeah. which is insane. It's insane you have to do that. Because again, because all these old people are complaining. I can't, yeah. It's too dark. I can't so find Joe's my So Joe's talking there. about how like the eye 
aisles on the floor I literally have little like Christmas looking lights yeah that they're always too bright, too bright. When, when lights yeah. come down I'm always like but it's like the lights coming from the, it's such a weird thing to be like I got like glare from the bottom you know yeah like when you if you ever like on a boat out on the water like you like put your hand down because the sun's reflecting off the water right. it's like that you're like that's fucking ridiculous and also talking about how like oh there's no ushers it's just kids behind the counter who are in their 20s who aren't doing anything and like people are talking said, nobody shushes them movies play in the wrong aspect ratio and they don't know how to fix it oh my god he said something that I have been I didn't know what it was called and I'm even gonna forget what it is in this article the thing where like they don't they don't uh, close the curtains the right way. Yeah, the masking. I, yeah, they don't I've, mask. I've yelled at this. That is so frustrating. I've yelled about this before. I, I, I'm the the construction. AMC doesn't care to the point of when they build new theaters like AMC Kiss Bay, which I love. Again, I said yeah. if you're on the top floor, you're good. If you're on the bottom floor, you're fucked because the bottom floor is all uh, flat movie or uh, not scope yeah. screens. Mm-hmm. And usually, what that means is. Okay, if it's a if it's a flat screen and the scope movie plays, we'll put like a the masking down and like you won't be distracted. Right. But they just say fuck it and have black bars in the top and bottom. Which I'm the sure is a flip of a switch. You really feel like I mean Oh, I know it's a flip of a switch. I know I, I've, yes. I'm a projectionist. I know the people are gonna <laughs> what I'm about to say sounds stupid. But when they don't do that, it feels like you're watching something projected on a wall. Yeah. Of course it's projected on a wall, Joe. Yes, I understand that. But the way theaters have it set up is that it kind of brings the curtains to a way to where like it feels like it's a big screen. Like you just don't notice you're looking at a thing. No. You're hyper aware you're when they right. don't mask it. You're like you just see like where it cuts it off. You're like, God damn, I'm like looking I think at most the top people and the bottom. would never notice the black uh, bars on top and bottom. Unless you tell them, and once you tell them, they'll see it and they'll be annoyed, because it does take away from like I'm sitting here, I'm in, I'm in this experience, yeah, I'm on this like watching this thing in a way that uh, only I can. Like I'm here to do this. There's nothing worse than being aware that you're watching something. I know, like your environment's like it sucks. Yeah, and this guy, this, this and AMC great. is doubling down on it. Uh, Regal, when they build new theaters, they still have masking in place. It's just such, it's like not even like a good cost saving measure. It's like it's a one time installation. I know they break and you have to repair them, whatever. It's worth it. Fuck so, I mean, I mean, this. I don't know if he explicitly said this in this article, but they have made the movie-going experience terrible because they're more concerned with making uh, the average idiot entertain and spend more money than people who, like, generally go in the... F- and, and as it slipped away, the only people who go to the movie theater now are just loud, obnoxious people who don't think it's a big deal to talk, who don't care who what the... Who want to be able to text during... Who shit. don't give a shit about... Uh, uh, how it looks who aren't paying attention you know or old people who have nothing else to do during the day and I'm sorry but like those people it's just like they're not going to keep you in business if that's who you're trying to please it's like the, the, the experience is insufferable you had told me when you you texted me that when you went and saw uh, Frame of Question like, I'm the only person in the theater and I said oh my god that's the best way to see a movie oh theater. I know I'd, I'd almost, I was horrified I'd almost time. rather also. go see a, a terrible movie and be like yeah there'll, there'll be no one in the theater yeah yeah very frustrating so yeah I but Alamo Drafthouse now covers the movie pass, so our movie pass now works at Alamo Drafthouse, so things Very are going to change. Yeah. Um, yeah, so shout out to Sonny for speaking the truth. Going to the theater fucking sucks. It's not, it used to be fun, then it got downgraded to like, fine, I'll do it. Now it's becoming an inconvenience. It's almost like, oh, I really want to see this movie. I guess I'll go see it in the theater. It's, yeah. in, it's inconvenient to see it in the theater. You're right. Are we done with bits and pieces? What's going on? Um, I think we're done. Right. I have one more. It's just movie pass stuff, so who cares? Uh, we'll go through it real quick. Eh, no. Okay, forget it. <laughs> I mean, we're going. We've been going off. On, this is becoming the movie pass podcast. I I would love to host that. Uh, what did you watch? Ready? The theme song goes like this. What, what did, did you, you watch? watch? Uh, let's see. I saw. Uh, oh yeah, Joel Egerton's Egerton's Egerton's. <laughs> 
Was it comes at night? It comes at night. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. You didn't like it. Not really. It wasn't what you were. That's another one where the cinema score was low because it was marketed as one thing and definitely made it seem like there's a monster that's out there that's gonna kill us. What it turns out to be is first half of it is there's this disease outside, so you can't go outside really, right? Especially at night, right? Uh, So I'm like, okay. And by the way, it it opens with them. Spoiler alert! But also, if you haven't seen it, I would suggest don't. um, Them killing someone that was in their camp that like was you know the guy's covered in boils he can't breathe and they're like well right. this is it like the, the dad or the grandpa or whatever so right off the bat you're like well there's a disease because i remember looking at the trailer being like is this one of those like is it out there isn't it are they paranoid like, whatever no, it's out there yeah so you're like okay it's real and then eventually they bring into the fold another couple with a kid and then it kind of turns into like are they sick we gotta keep them isolated it just was very very much not what i expected and kind of boring to be honest i thought it was very boring so good effort but i wasn't into it Okay. Um, what else? Neo yeah. Yokio. Tell me more. Neo Yokio is a animated series created by the guy Ezra Koenig. I'm probably getting that wrong. From, no, you said uh, it right. From Vampire Weekend along with produced with Nick Widenfield. Nick Widenfield was one of the original guys at Adult Swim. Not the original, but when they really started doing their comedy stuff, he was taken on there or he became a producer there. Then quickly went to, I think, uh, Fox's animation domination thing and then made his way around to Viceland where he produces for Viceland. Now, Nick Widenfield, if you look him up, he's basically everything he touched rules. He's He did a lot. He helped bring a lot of the odd future stuff to fruition and a lot of the youth culture stuff. I think he produced uh, American Boy Band and he's a big time producer on Deces and Marrow uh, and I this is this young guy who's really good at producing cool stuff Deces and Marrow by the way yeah so I just started turning on Viceland because you started telling me how, how it has good stuff <laughs> yeah, it's really good and it is it's yeah. great it's just like it blows my mind that they just have this network and like Deces and Marrow is a show with just two dudes sitting in a chair talking about the day's news yeah the budget on that show must be like eight dollars it's in their office it's in their yeah, office yeah I, I follow uh, both those guys on um on Instagram and they're always Instagram storing their lives and you see them at the office and they'll kind of be like, if you look at how they're sitting, like if you're looking at how the camera set up, looking at them, their office in Williams to the left yeah. is like a glass wall and yep. it looks out to the offices. They really took a conference room and turned it into like that set. It's a show. It's on TV. Yeah. Oh, all those. It's you, great. If you look at all those shows, they're all clearly cheap. They're all kind of pseudo documentaries. Nirvana, the band, the show is clearly like a mockumentary that costs nothing. Uh, American Boy Band is a is a documentary, but just those guys on tour. Uh, what else? They have the Epically Later, which is just a very cheap uh, skateboarding documentary show. What else? Oh, fucking! What I thought was really good is what would Diplo do? Surprisingly, very funny show. Yeah, you said and, that. And uh, James Vanderbeek just basically, besides like the scenes where they're in like the studio or like backstage, which is like empty places, James Vanderbeek would just go, just went to Diplo shows and would dress out like dress up like him and just like, go out and, like pump his fists like he's Diplo for like, and they would get that footage. And you know what I'm saying? Just like this, like kind of like that's uh, really funny. Like whatever, went, went to Diplo shows and shot there for free so as someone who produces when I watch those shows I'm like these shows are good and I know how cheap they are fucking brilliant yeah I was I, dude I was drinking the haterade on Viceland when it first came out I well, was like this will not I last. just don't know how it's gonna work because I don't think people who are their demo have cable I mean, here's how it's gonna work too, right? here's why it's, uh, the reason it's gonna work is that they're not a TV station with a website they're a website with a TV station that's right that right? That's smart. Yeah. That's what. It, that's the difference. The difference is that will eventually become profitable. But I would. I would argue that some of the shows on Viceland are cheaper than some of the web series and web stuff that they make. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Jesus Samaro doesn't cost any money. But whatever you have to pay them. But <laughs> the money for TV advertising is still way higher yeah. than it is. So if they can get the traffic, which I'm sure they're kind of siphoning off with shows like Jesus Samaro, I bet that they're pulling a lot of money. Quick side note: There's a show on Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed 
it's a show they haven't because they use YouTube. That's arguably the most watched YouTube show that's over like twenty minutes called Worth It. It's a pretty simple idea for a show. The hosts are kind of like whatever dudes, but it's a great idea. I've watched a lot of episodes where they go and they try something, the cheap version, the middle the middle price version, and the expensive version. So mm. an episode like, oh, pizza. We tried Dollar Slice, pizza at uh, Italy where they sit sure. down with Mario Batali, and then they go eat like a $200 slice of pizza that's covered in gold at some fancy restaurant. And it's like two younger guys are just eating That's a great idea. Dude, it's so good. If you watch it, and now because it's so popular, dude, one episode, 50 million views. I believe it's insane. It. So they're talking about how that show might make the jump to television. The reason BuzzFeed's doing it because they're like, like sure, like you have the need, like we'll make ten times as much money if that goes on TV. So and, yeah, and people will watch the shit out of that on TV. And the fact that it's get it like has fifty million people watching it every time. If, you, if they even get a, if they even get a fraction of that to watch it on TV. So BuzzFeed later. should not maybe start BuzzFeed TV. Why don't they just like partner with like ABC? Oh, there's plenty you know of. What I'm saying. Yeah, no, like, there's plenty of BuzzFeed produced shows on other on networks. TV now. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll just do that. I don't. That seems I, like I, a smarter play. I think the than reason Viceland is doing. See, here's maybe. the thing, though. I think Viceland got, or Vice got Viceland at a discounted rate. It was like a second or third, like ESPN something show, or like it was. It was some channel that like was like, that was already kind of there. It's kind of like how Robert Rodriguez at the El Rey Network. It was like it was Viceland already something. Took over. Uh, history too. That's what it was, right? So kind of. A, I'm sure they got it at a, uh, at a like like a fire sale. Yeah, price. I don't understand how that would work. You just pay for the channel probably every year. Yeah. Well, they have to buy it, but but some, you can't just. think it's just a one time cost. Like we own this now, or you think there's like monthly? I have no idea. Maintenance. That's yeah, a very good question. What yeah, was I'm, I talking I'm, about? I don't know. Oh how yeah, we Nick got Weidenfield it. got the advice. Okay, so I'm gonna step it back. This guy Nick Neo, Weidenfield, he is a producer of Neil. Okay, so Neo Yoki, right? It basically is a non is a non or pan Asian way to say New York, Neo Yokio or something like that. I, I'm pronouncing it wrong. This is an animated series. It's an American series. Looks like anime about this kid, uh, voiced by Jaden Smith. <laughs> he is a he is the upper class East Side upper class teen obsessed with fashion, obsessed with uh, you know a high culture and being a, a, a young man about town who also possesses the powers to exercise and kill demons. And they have a whole history. Go ahead. I just wanted to read the cast list. Do the quick. cast list and crank. Crazy, go. Jaden Smith. Yep. Jude Law. Yep. Susan Sarandon. Yep. Kid Mero. Yep. Jesus Nice. Yep. Jason Schwartzman. Mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Alexa Chung. Jesus. Yeah, this has a lot of good people on it. And it's it's one of these things like it's it's like takes place now but not really in a fictionalized version now where everything in everything in Manhattan lo- below 14th Street is underwater <laughs> and people live under there so you gotta like take like tubes underwater and his sidekick is this giant robotic butler you know because always have like the rich guys always have like their own like butlers so always like know everything and are like helping all the time but this is like a giant robot voiced by Jude Law that he can get in the back and fly around in it parodies those type of shows it's like half Gossip Girl and half. Buffy the Vampire Slayer through the lens of like an anime show. Is would you say is it mostly your comedy? Is it funny? Yeah, oh, it's very funny. It's really funny, like self-aware. It's really good. I, I love it. I thought it was really great. Did you finish it already? I did it's not. only six it's episodes. Like six, yeah, I know. Mo and I watched the first three, and we had shit to do. Now she's going out of town, so I gotta wait another week. I'm still. I cannot recommend out. it enough. It's great. I haven't finished BoJack yet, just because I don't want to. Like I have two left. Oh yeah, I watched BoJack. I it's excellent. All really it? good. Dude, I that, have two left. Dude, the Princess Caroline one where like it starts off as in the future was like a great, great, great yes. grandchild. Yes. That episode killed me. I won't dude, spoil it. A lot of it that kills fucking me. Killed I just got chills me. when you talked when about it. When it ended, because Mo was like, oh wait, I bet this is gonna happen. And and it happened where it's like, ooh, it was like borderline kind of mean no, it's, to the audience. I was like, that whoa, show that's fucked up. Dude. Than, like, any other yeah, show. it's very good. It's a very good show, yeah. Oh, and then the episode that was kind of like um the uh the kind of like lucid history of his mom. 
Yeah. Ooh. The, her whole presence on this season is really fucked up. Yeah. And it's you, ca- you kind of get it because like he's whole he's fucked up. You inherit your parents' trauma. Yeah. Um, Bojack Horseman, excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Rick and Morty, holy shit. Oh my God, wait. We talk about this week's Rick and Morty for just a second. Yes. What was it? The, the it was Ricky's the, Mind Blowers. It was Morty's Mind Blowers. Ricky's Morty's Mind Blowers. So it was this season's so version good. of Interdimensional Cable where it's yeah. just like a bunch of short little clips. And from the very first one, I was in tears laughing. Like yeah. the smudge guy, the guy on the moon. Uh, Morty. Oh, so yes, Morty, yes, yes, Morty yes. says he sees this guy on the moon. Who's just a substitute teacher. <laughs> so he's like, he's, he's a something. moon man. <laughs> and the principal vagina punches him in the face. The guy looks like a pedophile. Oh, my God. The guy kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. And then he ends up killing himself. Oh, I can't, I'm not going to read it. Oh, it was, it was really clever. Incredible. The conceit of it was that at the beginning, Morty, Rick and Morty end a... Uh, end a uh, task and Morty's like horrified by what has happened what he's seen and Rick is like come on he takes him his lair underneath the house where like basically he can erase his memory and like store it in these little uh, these little discs or little light bulbs and there's like you know thousands of them basically to say like oh yeah Morty we've gone on thousands of adventures where I had to erase your memory because erase your mind of exactly that memory because it has blown your mind and fucked you up too much so of course it's like let's go through them it's so funny and then keep going to ones the squirrel one was the best one the squirrel one's the best one holy shit but also like the little petty ones where it's like Rick did you really delete a memory of mine because you said taken for granite instead of taken for granted yeah (laughs) they're playing like checkers and he beats them yeah yeah so so, yeah because yeah because then he's like going through all of them there's a lot of them are just like ones where like uh like Rick looks stupid or yeah, something. yeah Rick yeah. Does, like or Morty like does something like hey I did it and he's just like doesn't want him to like know Be his words so right? yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's, so funny it's just like the perfect episode of that show that yeah. show is having a it's best season yet and that's saying something yeah oh the show's excellent um I don't know what I watched besides everything we just talked about I guess I could just start talking about friend request yes um, unless you got anything else I don't think I have anything else sorry guys okay so uh, spoilers ahead for the movie called Friend Request, which is out in theaters now and will not be there long because it's bombing terribly. Yeah. Um, first of all, very strange. German production. Okay. Uh, English language movie. Get that dough how you got to get it. But it was shot in South Africa. This is why this makes sense to me. All foreign entities want to invest in Hollywood because they make money that way. So I'm not surprised a low-budget or independent feature that couldn't get American funding got German. And then he said it was shot in South Africa. Yeah. I bet it because they had like a because fi- it was international. Got yeah. a crazy and not American crazy incentive that you couldn't get if it was an American production. I'm sure. Yeah. And then it got bought for distribution by, by uh, the Entertainment Studios. Remember Byron Allen's company? So that's the still thing, huh? Yeah. So remember I, I I saw 47 Meters Down. That oh, was them. Oh, yeah. Then they did that. They bought that uh, alien found footage movie called Phoenix Forgotten. Yo, They're doing these no budget little Shout movies. out to Byron Allen. He knows how to build his empire. He's like the next Steve Harvey. One day he's going to be fucking everyone. We're going to be like, this guy? This guy? Yeah. So this movie, uh, from the from the trailers and the posters and the title, looked just awful. Like the worst type of studio, PG-13. It look, it look, I guess it does look pretty dumb. So much to my surprise, when I saw the movie, it was rated R. I didn't even know going in until yeah. I was in there. Yeah. Um, surprisingly competent, this movie. I'm not going to say it's good because it's like very base, dumb horror movie. Okay. Just like... Uh, I think the LA Times nailed it with their headline. Let me look at it again. So, uh, Friend Request makes for dumb midnight movie fun. It's exactly what it is. They say it's the type of movie that you'd watch at like a sleepover when you were like a kid, you know? <laughs> oh, I mean Netflix and chill? Yeah. 
Um, it's just like it reminded me of those like dumb 80s slasher movies where like you're just waiting for people to get killed the whole time. It was fun. Yeah. So the premise of this movie, it is one of those things I don't like where it opens with like a scene and then it cuts back to three weeks earlier. One of those things to me that kills momentum every time. It's a, it's a total studio move. It's a studio move. It's a cop out. So it opens with a teacher walking in a room and telling a class that their student has committed suicide. Okay. And then it cuts to three weeks earlier and you see like this hot, well, the girl in the room who they cut to was like looked distraught when they said that. Cut to her three weeks earlier. She's very popular. They make a point to show how many Facebook friends she has. She's like 800. She's very popular. Big deal. I got more than 800. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think the movie is self-aware when it's because on screen multiple throughout, like they have like a friend counter as they like people die and like people. It's just uh, whole thing. I think it was. Fu- I thought it was funny. Okay. Um, so you see this girl. She's nice. She has. She's popular. Very very popular. Uh, then there's this girl sitting in her class with like a hood on, just looks like a goth and doesn't talk to anybody. And uh, she friend requests this popular girl. And because the popular girl is like a psych major who like, you know, wants to help and thinks she's nice. Yeah. She accepts the friend request and is like nice to her. Okay. And the girl is just very clearly socially inept and like doesn't understand how social conventions work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she starts like kind of harassing her online, basically just messaging her constantly about her life. It gets to the point where she's like photoshopping her and photos together. Just like crazy shit. It gets to the point where it's this girl's birthday. Yeah, and she's the, the, and the the weird girl messages her, being like, "Hey, it's your birthday! Like, are we all hanging out, me and all your friends?" So she makes up an excuse. She's like, oh, "I'm just going out with my boyfriend tonight." Uh, Big mistake. So of course, pictures get posted on Facebook of her with all her friends out having dinner with multiple people. And then this girl confronts her the next day at school, like comes up to her and like, grabs her and is like, I thought we were friends. How'd you do this to me? And then the nice girl reacts by kind of like shoving her away. Like, don't grab me. Yeah. Right. And the girl's hood falls off and like it's revealed that she has like a bald spot where like clearly like a fire happened. It took her hair. So like the whole school sees this happen and kind of it, the, the idea you get from that scene is like the entire school sees the nice girl be mean to the mean to the to the weird girl and kind of thinks she's maybe a dick now. So then, gotcha. oh. right after that, the girl commits suicide. Which girl? The the weird one. Oh. The weird one commits suicide, and then shit gets like supernatural. And now everyone's and crazy. kind of like, and everyone's kind of like, she killed herself because you were mean. To yeah. Her. So that's part of it. Part of the horror, I would say, is her having to deal with like losing friends because of this. But then on Facebook, the more fucked up shit starts happening. Um, the girl's account, the dead girl's account, sends. Not only does she send the lead. Uh, the, the video of her killing herself on Facebook, but then she posts it. She posts it from the nice girl's account. Like she like some sort of demon hack. So this girl, this nice girl's Facebook page, it posts a video of the, of the girl, of the, of the weird girl's suicide. Yeah. And it, she tagged every one of her friends on it. And it kind of imply like, I'm posting right. the suicide it, it of this girl. Like, like, make it her made look, it look yeah. like she did it. So, of course, everyone's commenting, like, holy shit, how dare you? You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and the cops, the worst part about it is, like, these two cops who are, like, trying to get to the bottom of it. And, like, the girl just, like, she, like, she can't delete the video on Facebook. She can't, she can't delete her own Facebook. Wow. Uh, it's said literally in this movie, delete your account. Seriously. <laughs> like, it has really bad sure, dialogue sure, like sure. that. Um, but I was so with this movie. Because from then on, her friends just start getting killed one by one oh, by the demon and but the way the demon frames it is it, it's as if all of them are killing themselves so uh. it looks so first of all there's the whole part of like everyone's mad at this girl because this shit she started has now led to the suicide of multiple friends yeah and they all blame her they show her friend count her friend count dwindling as all this happens and people are like don't be friends with her yeah, don't be friends or, with you, or you'll die um 
Uh, she gets she enlists the help of like her like nerd friend who gets into the code of the website and it's like the code is haunted. It's not real code. Oh yeah, it's yes. just like this demon shit. So they uh they do like the classic horror movie. We're gonna do a lot of research in a few minutes. And it turns out that this girl was into like witchcraft and the occult. And when she killed Ooh, herself, got that witchcraft code. Yeah. So she killed herself by looking in a black mirror, and she like hung herself, and there was a fire under her. She burned herself, and when you do that, you get to the other realm and you're out to do you're this entity a demon sort of thing so it kind of goes off the rails towards the end with that type of stuff but so she like travels to where the girl committed suicide to like you know once and for all end it mm-hmm. and then the guy who's there with her her friend the nerd turns on her and like says well if you're dead then we're all safe because oh i forgot to point out yeah you got that the uh the weird girl's premise of like why she's doing all this is to make the popular girl as lonely as she was she just wants to make her lose her friend, so she doesn't want to kill her. So oh. the guy realizes that and says, like, well, I, he stabs her. He's like, if you're dead, then we're safe. But then her boyfriend comes in and tries to save her. The nerdy guy kills her boyfriend in front of her. It's really gory. Damn, nerdy guy's fucking popping off. Yeah, and then the movie ends with basically that guy gets killed by the demon. The demon has all these wasps. It just makes up shit as it goes along. Mm-hmm. She has wasps that she uses, kills that guy. And then... The girl that the lead girl basically finds what she was looking for, like the the child version of the weird girl is like in some in this realm, and she like she takes her with her in there. And then the last shot of the movie is like the opening shot where we see the nerdy girl at the lunch table all by herself looking weird. It's this girl, the nice girl, the popular girl. Now she's now nerdy, girl. Ah. and she's gonna be the one who haunts Facebook and kills people. Yeah, whatever. So it's a Sounds very, just okay. It's a very dumb, just okay horror movie. But I will say the sequences in which the demon kills all her friends, yeah. each one of those, maybe chalk it up to the fact that I was alone in the movie theater, but horrifying jump scares. Like I jumped, I was legitimately gotten by this movie more than once. Oh, you know, I tried watching quick side note. Uh, yeah. There's a movie on um, Shutter exclusive called uh, I Will Make a Martyr of You or We'll Make a Martyr. Something about making a martyr of someone. It's not good. I couldn't finish it. But Marilyn Manson's in it as like playing a role. Uh, granted, a creepy guy. He's a pretty good actor. Really? Oh, yeah. I'd say that right now, like put Manson in more stuff as a creepy Southern guy who's also a killer because he did a good job. So this friend request movie sounds just okay. It sounds like if I saw in the theater, I'd be irritated. I thought I would be annoyed. Like, yeah. it's so much better than other crap we get, like the gallows or shit like that. Yeah. I just, I'm surprised by how much it worked and how dark it got. Like, everyone dies, basically. And it's like, it's not, nothing's happy about it. Like, the girl's mom even, like, is implied she kills herself and her husband at the oh, end. Wow. Like, it's like, just like, this girl's life gets, goes downhill fast and it's, it doesn't relent. And the scares got, I mean, the, all this movie wants to do is scare you and make you yell at the screen. And it does that. Like, it, it's really dumb. It doesn't try to be anything more than it is. And because of that, I liked it. I liked it more than I liked fucking Leatherface. Yeah. Did you like it better than you liked Unfriended? No. I th- I'd say Unfriended, Unfriended is smart. Unfriended, Unfriended is smart. Unfriended, what, ha- yeah, what it had in its advantage over this was that they really made that one screen as the whole thing work yeah work for them this doesn't have anything like that it's just like a very straightforward not well directed or anything but i'm those scares are they're jump scares but the way they're set up it's like i was really tense i was scared okay again i was alone in a movie theater it was very scary so yay or nan seeing it i'd say see it i liked it if you're into this podcast you'd probably think it was fun 
You want to pop off in some Leatherface now? Yeah, man. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, so we saw Leatherface, the now... We got a screener version. Uh, thank you, Lionsgate. Thanks, guys. I'm sorry we're about to decimate this movie, but... They're not going to listen. It's yeah, oh, real quick, Sandra, this movie sucks. It's very bad. It's, it's like, like Angerling. This, I think, but... is the eighth movie in this franchise, or seventh. Yeah. I don't know, but there's a lot of them, and only one is good. Is this the only... Two pre- is good. Is this the only prequel? Is no, because there's Texas Chainsaw the Beginning, which was a prequel to the Beale one, or it came out after 2005. I don't remember. I saw it. I think uh, I didn't like it. What part? Of, how was it the beginning? Which beginning? It was just called the beginning. I don't remember how it related to. I wanted to rewatch all these for this and talk about them. Maybe for another episode, we'll do a whole deep dive of this whole franchise eventually. I would rather not. There are so many, but. I know this one at Jordana Brewster from like the Fast and the Furious movie. And originally it had the subtitle The Origin, but they changed it to The Beginning instead? I don't know. But enough about that. We're here to talk about Leatherface, which in the world of the Texas Chainsaw, uh, it takes place after the... No, before the original. Oh, yeah. And it, I guess technically also it would include Texas Chainsaw 3D in the timeline. I think this... Because that one tried to be a sequel to the original. Okay, yeah, this one, uh, I think this is like the earliest. Yeah, it takes place like the 50s. It yeah. starts out. Holy shit, it's, it sucks. So my first qualm with this movie is we were talking, they were talking it up as if it was like this amazing origin of Leatherface that so like, we need to know what happened. That couldn't, this movie's not about that at all. It, yeah, it's really It's, it's about really dumb. like a... A group of kids escaping from a mental hospital. Yeah, it starts off with the the family, a semblance of the family with young children are kidnapping and killing people on their farm. And then the cops come through and take the children and put them in a hospital and this and that. It's really ambiguous what they do. They arrest the, the old folks. They arrest everyone except the mom, it seems like, or some of the sons. And then we kind of jump forward, like now that the, these two teenagers—it's the Sawyer family. The Sawyer to be family. Clear. The two kids have grown up like in the late teens, early twenties. They're in the mental institution. You got a really heavy set one who doesn't talk, and a more whip smart one who's just like you know a bit charming. He's in the mental institution. There's also a bunch of crazy people there. Something happens where a bunch of people escape, and it is two crazy people, a guy and a girl, like like certifiably crazy, have somewhat sort of kidnapped or hijacked. The two kids and, and, an, and a female nurse. And this whole time you're like, I like these kids and the female nurse. The two people kind of like are kind of taking them hostage sort of in this like kind of escape. More like we're going to wreak some havoc and this and that. And you got to stay with us or we'll kill you. We don't know going to do with you yet. Yeah. So it becomes it's almost like natural born killers. They really wanted to in be a really bad way yeah. of like they're totally crazy. And they and, fuck on a corpse. Yeah. So what? Like it was just like. Going for shock value. But anyway, it's kind of shuffling back and forth. And the whole time you're like, who gives a shit? Cops are chasing after him. This movie is the epitome. And forget about like if it kind of falls in line with the origin story or whatever. This movie is the epitome of the, what I like to call the, 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 and this and that type of movies where it's like. like this happens. Yeah, and, and then, then this, happens. and then this. At no point, I mean, you're constantly watching like, why are they doing that? Why did they go there? Why did they run that way? There's a lot of that like, okay, we're going to split up and then do this and then why are you splitting up? They don't say why. And then they split up and they run into something and they run back to where they were and then they, just because like the people who wrote it didn't write a good script. So the whole thing is like and then and then and then but just series of like seemingly trying to be shocking moments but since the thing is so boring you're like so what they yeah, killed that guy? So, so what they cut his head off? So, yeah, the gore on occasion is like it's bloody but I like this review I read. What it was got? by Rob Gonzalez on eFilm Critic. 
he's basically said inside had a relentless, a hungry gaze into the abyss that made me hopeful for other face. But the Gallic duo are, are strictured by the movie's R rating. The body count is high and blood becomes buoyant. But the movie cuts away from a clear look at the carnage almost spitefully as if the directors resented having to stay within MPAA bounds. Instead of going goreless like Toby Hooper's original, Leatherface teases us with how bloody it could be but isn't allowed to be. We spent so much time in this movie with this crazy couple that kind of is leading the charge for the majority of the movie. At least a good hour of an hour and a half movie. And they're so obnoxious. And they're so like... Almost like a ripoff of the couple at the beginning and end of... Uh, of um. Pulp Fiction mixed with the devil's rejects of like, we're on a kill spree. I love, I can't stop making out and get my hands all over you. But you're also like crazy. You like gore. Like the, wo- the woman and was so that nuts. That girl is a gore whore. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then, and then also the hostages, which are the kids who eventually will be the adults in the Texas Chainsaw family. You, is Bud, Bud was related to? You thought, you thought Bud yeah, was? Yeah, so it was his brother. I don't know. If there were the two kids. I took him at the beginning. Okay. And, and and they have like a like a like a mis or like a uh, a misdirect you almost see coming a mile away, but even though you kind of knew where it was gonna go. Anyway. I don't understand. Were they trying to make it a mystery who Blutherface was the whole time? Because I thought it was glaringly obvious, but they were playing it coy. And I, I didn't thought really understand. It, I I kind of thought like, oh, there's the young smart one who does all the talking and his heavy set seemingly retarded brother yeah. who's like a big heavy guy. So I guess they really wanted killing. you to think Bud was going to yeah, be Yeah, that him. was Bud. So that, oh, it's going to be him. So I remember when the, I'm like, yeah, but like if this whole thing is like the origins of Leatherface, I'd be like, well, it, it, it's, I guess it's going to be this kid. I know. It was so under thought out, I yeah. think. Like the idea of like Leatherface's origin, we have to make something horrible happen to him. But like it's all incidental bullshit. Like he gets shot in the mouth by the cop and like yeah. that's why his face is fucked up. It's yeah. like, okay. And why he doesn't talk? Like, like nothing, yeah, so nothing was really like meaningful or meant anything. It's just like this movie, as unnecessary as we knew it would be, it's even more unnecessary than I thought. I, I, don't, I can't think of anything in this movie that helps color or enrich the now the Texas Chainsaw Legacy. It's completely irrelevant. Like literally this whole movie is them on the run as Stephen Dorff Chases them, and Stephen Dorff is a vengeful cop cop because they killed his daughter many years ago. Yeah, very vengeful, but they kind of make it like this is a crooked cop, and he's so it seems to me like, well, this Stephen Dorff cop is like really like he'll kill people, and and he's killing anyone who gets in his way. But you see, the beginning they killed his daughter, so but you don't get that. You don't get like this. Oh, he's such a tortured lawman who's now taking law into his own hands. He, because you don't really get a lot of that. You just get to the present day where he wants to find them and kill them for what they did. You think I, I don't know. I, I didn't get the uh, the man who's trying to avenge his daughter. I just got crazy Southern sheriff who's just as racist and crazy as they are. It's really bad, man. And it's, yeah, it's really it, it does it's not. It's just boring. Nothing it's, happens. Oh, it's so boring. They're just on the run. The it's whole so that's the movie. Boring. The movie is them escaping from and how do why do they escape because like doesn't something crash into who crashes into them to, to let them escape they were fucking around in the uh in the insane asylum and the mom came to visit her kids oh that's right the mom came to visit and she and she, she, she kind of snuck duck out she tried to like sneak to them, find her to kids find she wanted to see them because she's trying to she filed an injunction to get them back excuse me and while that has that that led to like some pandemonium, like yeah, all the people break out because she like opens doors and like kicks people around, and then so dumb. So yeah, they end up escaping, and that's the whole movie. Just them on the run, and it's like, and it's this is the the Leatherface origin story. Yeah, like, he I, I, was imprisoned, or he was put in a mental institution as a child to get away from his terrible family. Yeah, and then he reluctant or just got out. 
and reluctantly was a very stayed nice guy. with some crazy he was, he people. A, they they make a point to make the character of Jackson like the nice one. He's helping the he's nurse. Smart. The he's like, he's smart. He's like he's like worldly. Yeah. And then like so like when he turns into Leatherface at the end, it's like. I don't buy this for a second. Yeah, he got his uh, when the cops in the shootout. He got his lower jaw shot, not off, it but enough to like really fuck up his face. And then he eventually meets up with his mother, and she's the one who sews his face up and puts a strap on there to kind of yeah. And she makes him it. kill the cop with a chainsaw. Yeah, which is a re. It's they're doing the opening scene again. The opening scene is him as a kid, and they give him a chainsaw to kill this victim, but he doesn't and he do, won't it. do it. Free, yeah. So like you kind of are like so I guess so in some why? way they're, they're trying to say oh it took him a while but the parents finally have indoc- indoctrinated made him, him bad, yeah. yeah made him made what's, him one of the family by 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 what's the message of this movie like what are they trying to say by like oh Leatherface was actually a nice guy and and, like, and I don't understand in circumstances family made him a monster he's not Anakin Skywalker yeah which even that was kind of stupid but at least in that you saw. Oh, he like lo- he loves his woman and right. she died and he feels it was his fault so now he's this horrible Darth Vader character. There's I'm try- nothing. I'm in trying this. to think of another movie where we see a good person turn bad, like Breaking Bad or something. Yeah, sort of. There yeah. was yeah, there was no nuances to why this seemingly intelligent man. He even says in the beginning, he alludes to the fact that well, he's talking with the nurse who eventually is kidnapped with him. She asks something about meds and stuff and what what he's on, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not on anything." And he kind of alludes to the fact that he's in that hospital to keep an eye on his brother because his brother has these problems. His heavyset brother Bud, um, and he's kind of there to keep an eye on him because he has this, like he has this affinity to keep his brother happy and alive or alive. I never and even safe. honestly, I never even got that Bud was his brother. I, I, did they tell us that? Yeah, he says okay. it's the only family I got. Yeah, but I, th- I heard that, but I thought that oh. just meant like it's my, you know, my bro. And no, because at the beginning when... I remember when they took multiple kids. I just didn't... Yeah. I thought it was... I thought that was another like just lazy, like they never really cared yeah. to fully explain They shit. were both brothers. Uh, they're, they're brothers. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, there's, st- there's ideas there that could have worked, but this, this whole storyline is all, okay, here. Now we need to get them to go on a run, so... I don't know. How about something crazy happens in the hospital and the alarm goes off and everyone runs out? Fine, that's what we'll do it. Now what? And they're together. And they're the, there's these mean uh, couple of, uh, of insane asylum people who have kind of taken them hostage. Why? Oh, I don't know. Why not? And now for some reason, they're holding him at gunpoint and saying, you got to stick with us. Why? Wouldn't, it's so much easier if you're on the lam to, to not be a group of people. Oh, yeah. Why? That, I mean, that one scene in the diner just has like shock value. Like he literally just blows a waitress's head off they go to this diner and they're like we're gonna go in there they didn't even sit together we're gonna eat and then we're gonna rob the place and run out so when the robbery goes bad the mean couple that's robbing and killing people run out and the the hostage guy who becomes Leatherface and the nurse and the retarded brother all run out and leave with them. Why they weren't sitting with them? They could have just sat there and when like they run out with, when they yeah. run out shooting and stuff when they leave like man that was crazy. Anyway, where were we? Like let's go the other direction now. It is. At no point do I believe any decision a person made in this movie. It is all, let's get to this scene, let's get to that scene. And on top of not believing anything, it's just, for a movie that's the origin of like one of the most intense horror movies ever, yeah. there's, it's so boring. It's Who cares? Criminally boring. Who cares? I kept waiting for it to impress me. It never did. Like Even when he's gotten up Steven Dorf, yeah, it's bloody, but like, okay. It scene was, after scene, scene yeah. after scene goes like this. They're all someplace. 
the main character who becomes Leatherface, I forget his name, Jackson or whatever, says something about wanting to do something that's probably smarter than what they're planning. The guy who's calling the shots and the, the crazy girl that he's with point guns in the faces and kind of do a, do what I say, I'm going to kill you. Why don't we just kill you right now? Please don't kill us. We'll do what you say. Okay, go do it. They do it. It doesn't work. Then they go someplace else, start over. Okay, we're going to steal this car. We're going to kill someone and kill some cops and steal their squad cars. Let's not do that because then they're like, what do you know? Why don't we just kill you and leave it here? All right, all right, all right. We'll help you. They go do it. It doesn't work. Now they're in some abandoned house. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, this, and this. It's not going to work because of these reasons. Hey, how about we kill you and her right now? Okay, 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 okay. Please don't hurt me and my brother will do what you say. That's over and over again. You're like, come fucking on. Bad movie. Definitely definitely a, a contender for Turkey. We were so stoked to see what they could put together. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a Turkey. It. Oh, man. Such I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it's just it such an underwhelming, Avoid. bad experience. Yeah. I'm really sorry to report that Leatherface is terrible. Yeah. And avoid it it's Please on demand it. yes it'll be on demand officially on october 20th oh, it, it looks bad it looks like every by the numbers horror movie out, out right now you know where they make it where it's like not oversaturated but a lot of those dark blues and and like te- teals i think it is you know make make everything kind of look either brown or almost a bluish black you know it's just ugh, everything just looks so black i just don't understand why they would make it so, like it really is a natural born killers ripoff for a long time or like devil's rejects or yeah even that that's right it's so boring it it's takes a so lot of boring. DNA of other shit. It doesn't have. It, no, there's nothing original about it at all. I think it's, I think it's just a studio boardroom. It sucks. It sucks really that like sucks. we keep. I hate that iconic characters just keep getting shitty adaptations. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know who to blame here because I love those directors, but like they need to. They need to step some shit up. Oh, and I want to end this episode by uh, thanking Peter for writing the first draft. Of the Fax Machine Horror Movie. Yes. Beat you guys to the punch. He was very excited about it. Uh, Batted around on an idea on Twitter. We gave him the go-ahead. Sent us an 86, 89-page Should we have an episode where we, like, do a live reading and get some people on and, like, cast it and do it? Yes, in theory, but that seems like a lot of work. I don't think it'll be a lot of work. I think it'll be, like, it'll it'll take, it'll be one episode that takes a long time to do. Yeah, right. But... I think we could have fun with it. I'm reading it right now. I already got some notes. First note, well, the formatting's off. Second note, <laughs> it's pretty late on the fax machines. Haven't gotten through the whole thing. I've, I've probably read the first fourth of it. But uh, I walked by. Did you read it? No, I haven't read it yet. Read I it. was in Carol Gardens last you night. You do script coverage. I you got to help him. Leave I don't know. I, yeah. I was walking in Carol Gardens last night, and we passed like on the sidewalk like an old computer and a fax machine. Hell yeah, it is. And I was like, this is the start of a horror movie. We see yeah. it on the street. We take it home. Yeah. And then what happens? So we got to read through Peter's. We'll give him some constructive criticism. You do some coverage on it. Be nice. Yeah. See what Homeboy can work on. Maybe we'll uh, throw some other ideas at him. So Script next week we'll be back with um, definitely our experience at the is This Is Real New yeah. York City Haunted House thing. Uh, hopefully I'll have read the script and we could talk about that. And who knows what the main subject will be. Maybe that'll be enough. Yeah. And Is uh, anything enough for you people? New Flesh Podcast. Uh, you know who we are. You know what we do. Here's to 100 it. more. Yeah, fine. Maybe. You know what else are we going to do? Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Why you ride mine? I'm a good fella, kind of late. Stash the 80s in Mercedes. Puffy, hold me down, baby. Only female in my crew. And I kick you.